I'm waiting in the freezing rain at an uncovered bus stop after a show in Sheffield, England. The moment I left the stage, I walked out the back door of the club, down a long, dark alleyway, and around the corner to this cold and empty spot. I was dope sick. I was cold and wet. I had tried to scare up some heroin between soundcheck and show, but had come away from my search with no joy. The band had no show the next day, yet Wilkins had refused to drop me off in London en route to the next city we were playing in because it was inconveniently out of the way. So I'd stayed behind while they rolled on. I had to fix sooner than that or else it was going to be disaster. We were scheduled to be in Europe and the UK for almost another month and things were looking grim for my prospects of staying well. I had already run out of my meager supply of methadone and there were still many more shows to be played. Wilkins was long over me. I had routinely woken him up, as well as Josh Homme once and even Lee Connor, at all hours of the night and early morning to hit him up for cash, a cash advance in order to stay well. The last time I'd done it, he'd told me, this is it, buddy, the last time. You've reached your limit. If you wake me up again, you're going to be sorry. I believed him. Kevin was a good guy, but tough. After years of tour managing Alice in Chains, getting them out of jams and shepherding their crew all over the world, he was tired. The last thing he wanted to deal with was yet another junkie, especially one in the aggravating habit of knocking on his door in the middle of the night. As I stood there in the rain, a young couple huddling together beneath an umbrella walked up. They had seen the show and wanted to talk. Hey Mark, just wanted to tell you how beautiful the show was. We love your music. What are you doing out here? I'm trying to get a bus to Heathrow. But hey, can I ask you guys a sensitive question? Where can a guy get some brown around here this time of night? Brown? Do you mean heroin? The girl gasped. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. They quickly found a reason to flee. My desperation to obtain relief so great that with zero care about what it looked like, what I looked like, I had taken to asking innocent young concert goers where I could score. It was time these kids grew the fuck up anyway, got with the motherfucking program and faced the cold, hard reality of life. I had done my last tiny hit at 7.30 that morning, and it was now 10.30 at night. Four days earlier in Manchester, I had been welcomed into the council flat home of a dealer I'd met on the street. He was overly generous, excited to have an American rock singer in the house. It was exactly three weeks and one day until my 32nd birthday, but I looked at least ten years older, worn down from the demands of touring while battling the years-long, exhausting imprisonment of my crippling addiction. The balding man and his not unattractive blonde wife, both in their mid-forties, had let me stay up all night in their flat shooting dope and occasionally taking a hit off the crack pipe. Shortly before midnight, the man had said, Come on, let's go grab some cigarettes from the shop. When we returned to the modest-sized public housing apartment, I was greeted by the sight of the wife lying on the couch, dressed in lingerie, her bare breasts exposed, pretending to be asleep. The man had walked over to her and started squeezing and rubbing her tits while I stood there uncomfortably in the middle of the room. She began to quietly moan and he said, Nice, huh? Come on over here and get yourself a feel. It was an obvious setup, 
exactly the kind of situation I had lived for in my youth. But as an old man of 32, sex was the last thing on my mind. I shook my head, said, no thanks, man, I'm good. Walked past them into the kitchen, put a small rock in the pipe and hit it. Four days later, standing in the rain and going into withdrawals, my intention was to catch a ride to Heathrow and then take the tube into London to buy some heroin from a Portuguese dealer named Juan Joseph I'd met on one of my many excursions to King's Cross, a notorious London neighborhood where I always scored when in the city. I would then take the train to Bristol. The hypnotics bass player Craig Pike, my old connection in London, had overdosed and died a couple years before. Now I habitually haunted this busy but shady neighborhood, scoring drugs whenever I was in town. In the several block radius around the large hub of the train station, you could almost always find someone selling drugs if you looked hard enough. 